Ladies and gentlemen, the one and the only Tommy Lee introing us there inadvertently <laughs> from Los Angeles. <laughs> you've the probably stadium seen that, tour. You've probably seen that video now floating around a couple days on us on our socials at the Music Uni. And if you haven't, go check it out. It's uh, relatively unique, and that's Tommy Lee all-encompassing there. <laughs> you know, buddy, I, I want to know, because I read in your review of the of the stadium tour is so chock full of the cursing that everybody said, I want to know if like you had like a hard seltzer and would like chug it at any time somebody said fuck because Uh, I should be on the floor, but I wouldn't be talking to you right now because I'd probably be laid up in a hospital somewhere in LA (laughs) Um, (laughs) because I wouldn't have been able to get out of the stadium (laughs) because I don't know. There there's, at least a dozen of them in, in their quotes and in, in the review here. But um, that's Tommy's favorite word. And I, I hate to say that as we're leaving my 12 year old, uh, I know it's weird taking a 12 year old to Motley Crue, but she wanted to see him. I took her and she goes, Tommy's my favorite. He's funny. And he, he loves the F word. And so do I. I'm like, what? <laughs> so it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny. You know, and, and there's a shortened version of what I posted from that snippet there on our socials. Um, I couldn't fit. I mean, I guess I could have fit the whole thing, but it just, you know. You mean a longer version. There's a longer version on our socials. Well, but I was going to say it, it's a shorter version of what I actually captured. Yeah. Just to clarify. Yeah. Okay. Because it, it was about a four minute clip and I think I was <laughs> able to send it all to you without trimming it. But. Um, yeah, for, for this though, it, it just, you know, about a minute and a half reel there on, uh, Instagram and uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, you know, he, he pranks the audience a little bit, but, uh, Tommy Lee, man, he, uh, he's like the glue that holds the band together somehow. (laughs) (laughs) Him and Nikki. And then how was Mick? How was Mick? Did they show him at all on the screens? Oh, yeah. I mean, Mick was fantastic. I mean, he didn't speak verbally, but, you know, he that's that's kind of his shtick. He he plays and he's an awesome guitarist. He's never been anything but awesome. And uh, I mean, this was my first time seeing them, but I I have, you know, recordings of it. You know, I had their final tour on on Blu-ray. So I kind of knew what what to expect as far as, you know, obviously the, the hits and stuff and the playing, I mean, it was just top notch. Now he just, you know, did his thing and, uh, you know, he, he looked up and stuff, but he, he didn't just stand in one spot. Like, like I think some right. people might expect with his condition, he moved, but no, it was mm-hmm. great. It was great. You know, it's funny you say taking your kid. I'm, I'm a part of a, I'm a part of a, the stadium, the, uh, the unofficial, but biggest, Stadium tour group on Facebook, 50,000 people, Jeez. probably up to 70 by now. It was 50 when I joined in June. And so shout out to you guys if you guys end up uh, listening to this. A lot of people were taking their kids. And I will say in the beginning, you know, not that the guys didn't curse or anything, but it, it was not as 
I'll say explicit. You know, there was no <laughs> titty cam, nothing like We're that. We're going to get uh, there. We're going to get there. Yeah. So, but uh, who was your favorite band of the night? Uh, you know, um, I, I can't say I was ever really a, a big Def Leppard fan because they're just more of the poppy side of things than what I I like. And mm-hmm. I know this is kind of a pop metal uh, uh, tour minus Joan for, for the most part. But, um, you know, Poison and Motley. I mean, I love Def Leppard. I, I thought they were pretty good. You know, uh, I, w- I was impressed with their overall um, staging and uh, all the the cool effects they used in the screens and and their vocals were live but you know i i don't know if it's because of where we were but i had trouble all night hearing a clear mix the phone picked it up much better than my uh ears because when i listen from all back, the bands or just from motley no all the bands now motley had you know they were drowned out boom, a lot of times boom, by boom, by, boom, by boom, bass boom, and boom. even guitar there mm-hmm. were times i couldn't even hear tommy yeah. Like I'm like, are they off here? Because, you know, I, obviously as a musician, I hear those things. I'm like, when you can't hear the drums, at least when I can't hear the drums prominently in the mix, it, it goes to hell sometimes. And yeah. um, it was still, you know, I, I don't know what what the issue is, but I, I have to remember that these venues that they're playing, these stadiums are not built for live music. They're built for sports. So you're always going to have these issues. Even sound check could be perfect, but when you pack 60, 70,000 people in these places, even 20,000 in, in some or less, you know, your your bodies these bodies are absorbing absorbing all of this stuff that you didn't have during sound check. So you almost have to remix it. Now, right. They were still great, and I'm not blaming the sound guys because, you know, they're hearing what what they're hearing. It's just the nature of live entertainment you're gonna get that vince neal's vocals were pretty prominent through the mix i mean you couldn't always understand what he was saying but you can't anyway in the (laughs) on the studio recordings but if you if if you know the words you can make it out but you know he doesn't sing them and he hasn't for the longest time just like (laughs) they were recorded so i thought he was pretty much on key and i verified that with my daughter um the morning where the morning after the show because someone made a comment that i'll get to here in a minute on on uh, twitter um he was straining it seemed to you know hit some of the notes and stuff but it wasn't necessarily a bad thing it's just the way he's adapted his voice to singing makes it maybe sound less appealing because that's what people are not used to hearing from him unless they've seen him live they've heard the recordings but i mean as far as some of the recordings i've heard recently including the final tour from 2015 this was 20 times better oh good from from then So I was in philly too right so i i thought he was pretty good i i don't think that they you know mixed the bass high or anything to drown out his vocals i think that's just whatever they've got going just kind of absorbs the bass and nikki's very very prominent and even uh, tommy's kick you could hear a lot better than i could hear the snare half the time and that snare to me has got to be pounding with the bass and on par with the bass as far as the volume goes in order for the the music to move me as well but i thought it was Mm -hmm. great i thought it was an awesome overall great show and uh it it was just fantastic it was the pace was kept up i mean there was no more than 30 minutes in between each act 
and even then they they still had you know some cool things going on with the screens and stuff but um yeah i I thought it was great right it I have to say, the person with the best vocals, bar none, and this is sort of unanimous around what I've been seeing, mm-hmm. re- professional reviews of the tour like we do, and the fan reaction, is just Joe Elliott. Joe Elliott and Def Leppard oh, yeah. uh, just being the most like they used to be, at, at the very least. Yeah. Um, and, and Joe's voice just being completely crystal perfection. And I have to agree. I agree, and Jess also told me that she thought he was uh, straining some too, but um, mm-hmm. I know that they, they, I believe everybody last night was a hundred percent live, and I know there's some controversy with Motley Crue in the past playing the tracks. They've admitted it. If they were, I couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. So great for them for that. Shame on me for believing it if, if that wasn't the case. <laughs> but they did have three female backing singers slap, slash dancers, you know, taking uh, taking part throughout the night. So I, I'm going to believe that they were all 100% live during this, this tour, despite some some nonsense that people believed. You know, Tommy was playing to a track uh, about a month or so ago when um, I believe that was just a count off to get them ready for the next song and then it you know right that that's common and it just happened that you know he got on there and started because they do have to keep two time and one of the things right. i think you probably noticed yesterday that i noticed in philly and was very very impressed by was that is a tightly run ship yeah classless act 355 off by 415 joan is already pretty much preset because classless wasn't really allowed to have much in the way of their own production, I think they just had their drum, small, small drums. For they them. had some screen. They had some screen stuff going on. Right, but the screens stay there. I'm talking right. about what has to be moved on the stage. So then Joan comes out four thirty between four thirty and four thirty and four forty. I noticed in Philly. I'm curious if this is the case for you in 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 SoFi. If they actually, I don't know if they were late getting to the stage or what, but her intro package just looped until she showed up. When it was mm. time for them, it looped. It was on for about five minutes before she actually hit the stage, and then she did her stuff. Joan Jett, uh, did she wear sunglasses? No, I don't. She didn't wear sunglasses. I don't believe. Um, I'd have to look through my pictures to know. Well, in the outside, she wore sunglasses because you know you're in the middle of the daytime. There inside, it's a little bit shadier. That's why I was asking. Right. Well, under. yeah. Uh, about six o'clock, I guess the sun started kind of. Um, Hitting us mm-hmm. a little bit. Now, SoFi, for those that aren't aware, is really neat, cool stadium, the way they've got it set up. Had you um, ever been there before? I had not. I had seen it when I took her to see twice across the street at the Forum, but never really saw how it how it was uh, looking and stuff. But, um, no, she did not wear sunglasses. Um, but what was cool about that is you're indoors, but you're, you can feel the wind. Like, you can feel the breeze. It was gorgeous. Um, the, right. the ends of the ends of the stadium were open. So right. I don't know how that would work in a case of lightning. Cause I believe the upper, uh, you know, the, the roof is mostly glass of some sort. Cause you could see planes flying on, over. I, I remember when you said you wanted to go to that show and I was looking into it, it, it sort of hurt my brain because it's like, it was a roof stadium, but not. 
So because the mm-hmm. roof is deta- it's a detached roof stadium, not a retractable roof stadium, it is a detached roof stadium. So that means interesting. That means that the roof is supported by pillars uh, under the entirety of the complex, including the YouTube theater, which is there at the at the yeah. complex. Yeah. It's not the roof of the YouTube theater, but the SoFi glass roof goes over that building as well. It's it's all one complex. Yeah. yeah but because it's a freestanding, more so a pavilion cover, let's call it, mm. than than an actual roof to to a stadium. It is still subjected to lightning delays. Well, that makes sense. So that makes sense. That's why I asked about, you know, is there air conditioning? Because the the fact that there is a roof sort of traps air on the longer of the sides. Right. And you don't get as big of a breeze. So I would think they would have to have some sort of equalizer, some sort of HVAC. Uh, But the fact that you do get that breeze on the shorter ends you know, might mitigate that. So, yeah, I don't very know. interesting. Oh, it was. It was a very unique venue. Very, very cool how they how they have it set up. But um, what you don't know, I guess, unless you've been there before and had floor seating, is you enter on the sixth level, which is ground level. And then we had to walk down six flights of um, ramps to get mm. down to the floor level. And uh, then they had, you know, concessions down there as well. Um, and then porta potties. I'm not sure why that place being as modern as it is and only two years old doesn't have, um, I guess, uh, built in restrooms, but um, they just had a ton of different porta potties, a women's section and a men's section. See, this is why I kept yelling at you guys. So we're t- so we're seeing two shows on one night. He's over at he's over at SoFi seeing the two openers for the <laughs> show while I was seeing Def Leppard was coming on as Zach Brown Band was ending over at Jiffy Lube for me, and you can go to themusicuniverse.com and read both of those reviews. And they're back-to-back. If, if you check out a review section, you'll, you'll see mine first because it's newer, and then you'll, you'll see right. Uh, his. Right. So I was saying to you and Jesse, I was saying, um, isn't there a bathroom? And I kept, and I even, you told me, stop texting. I'm trying to get your article up because you tried to put my <laughs> article up. Well, so I texted Jesse separately, and I said, Go up to the concourse. Don't wait for disgusting porta potties. And I'm like, "What's wrong with you, girl?" And she goes, "I'm lazy. I don't want to walk." And that's quite the walk. But normally, especially in an end stage configuration, uh, and especially at a place that's set up to kind of keep you on the floor, if you're on the floor with concessions down there, and mer- and I bet you there was probably a merch stand down oh, there too. There, yeah, there were a couple. Um. There should have been in the tunnels restrooms. So they, they I don't were, know. They were, they were porta potties. <laughs> no, but there should have been a real restroom in the tunnels, like well, a real public restroom. I I would I would have thought that myself when we got down there. I asked for if there were restrooms down there because I I wasn't sure how it was set up. Guys, like yeah, it's over there. And then she I we just went to our seats because we had we had a bag of food that we got from the sixth level, not realizing, you know, that we were that high up. <laughs> I'm not going to say where it was or which show it was or where I was, but I got out. I was going to a concert and I got out of my lift and I was trying to offload an extra ticket that I had. And but all of a sudden it hits me. I got to really go to the bathroom. 
well, where this stadium is is was kind of like SoFi in that it's not really near anything. It's, mm-hmm. it's it was in a downtown, but it was more in the business professional district, and you had to walk quite a while to get to any restaurants or anything. So I'm like, we're gonna go to the restroom. We're gonna go to the restroom. I didn't want to go in, use my ticket, and then not be able to leave, come back out, and try to sell the other ticket. Right. So. I ended up going to use a porta potty, and I will never use a porta potty again. And the only thing I will say, and yes, we're getting into gross territory, but if Tommy Lee can talk about his uh, <laughs> private parts and titty cams, um, I can say that I went to a porta potty that apparently did not flush and was just a blue liquid bowl, uh. and I found that out way too late. <laughs> well, so did the kid actually, and they actually. What's great about, it, I guess. At least we we had this in Nashville at, at Garth, and it was here too. They have porta potties yeah. in the uh, parking lots, so right. that that was helpful because we got there at uh, you know we hit traffic, which I expected, but you know a little heavy at, at times more than I thought, and so we got there one thirty two o'clock I guess, and you know the parking lots had already opened at uh, twelve thirty, but the gates didn't open till. 3.30, which I found was kind of too late when the show starts at 4, right? So right. I thought that, you know, we could hear sound check going on at 2 when we were there. And so we were waiting. We both were hungry because we eat very little in anticipation, you know, we were going to eat something there. And uh, while we're waiting in line, I'm like, let's figure out if there's merch. So we had to walk all the way around the building by the YouTube theater, no line, <laughs> got our T-shirts, walked. Thank you, by the way. Yeah. Walked back put them back in the car because we were we were parked relatively close and then waited in line for an hour then uh got in and they wanted me i guess because of my belt and um we had our garth clear bag because we could take a clear bag and it was within yep. size but she still which she had her tmu badge she still had a garth ticket and the guy the security guy goes this isn't a garth brooks concert <laughs> so we were like the only ones walking around with <laughs> garth brooks merch bag clear with everything and uh it and was Garth Brooks quite, <laughs> quite funny Good lord quite funny but uh you know we we were on the floor so we we had decent seats um i was a little concerned for her height but uh we we could see fairly well we watched the screens you know most of the time because you just can't you know stand on your tippy toes and you saw what i mean about the drum riser on the uh on the on the ramp for rick and and it actually i remember now, i couldn't make that out i honestly yeah. could not make that it's out it's how they would we get the acoustic set up onto the stage that's all it was yeah how no. they would get the acoustic so and it, but it, do you it, see it great i also want to so when i saw this back in philly like four shows into the tour mm-hmm. first of all it was a scorching hot day in my seat closer than yours neener 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 yeah um each setup's different each setup is different, and thank you to the tour for letting us cover oh, it twice. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you guys for uh, in letting us do both of these shows and really getting to experience the stadium tour. Yes. But where I was sitting, and this is no fault of where they put me, the sun was go- like, Hello! Yeah. You are going to feel me for four hours! <laughs> and, and I did. <laughs> it, was, it was not fun. Uh, um, <laughs> I, had a, I had somewhere I was going with this, but, um, oh, I know. So when I saw it, just the progression, and you saw the same 
bill in that Def was the first headliner and then Motley closed, closed the show. Right. You and I had, an, and it was so early in the show, it hadn't come out if Leopard had closed any yet. So I called you. I'm like, I'm pretty sure Motley closes the whole thing. And it was because of the production involved. Their drum riser was huge. They had the big spiky things behind them. The like Motley had the trees. And I'm like, there's no way this and the three girls and then the big blow up stuff. There's no way this show goes on at 730. There's no way. But they have been switching. So your favorite words when I say them, you were right. Uh, I love hearing that. And now it's on tape again. Yes. But do you understand seeing it now in that order? Why I thought Motley had to close every single show. It just made sense that the bigger show would go very, very last. Not a knock on Def Leppard at all. Right, right. There's no knock on Def Leppard, but Motley, I believe, is the headliner of this. I mean, they, they're the the thing behind this because everybody's trying to see them after that movie, The Dirt. And, you know, they, they right. sing their new new song called The Dirt, established 1981 with um, Machine Gun Kelly. And I know he's made an appearance at least once on, on the tour, but this was, you know, on video for his rapping parts. But um, they... I think this is Motley's show. The show was definitely uh, superior to to the others as far as theatrics. Now that doesn't take again away from anything that anybody else did. I loved, I absolutely mm-hmm. loved the 3D effects that Def Leppard did. I mean, because it's at the end of the tour, I'm just gonna say it. You know, that circus graphic thing was. I was like, oh my god, there's a circus on stage. Like For I couldn't which tell. Song? Um, I believe it was animal and yeah. and stuff. So when when you see that, I'm like, where where do the um, screens end and where's the staging? You know, like well, I, I couldn't tell the difference. It was really, really I, cool. I think because the sun was in my face and it was daytime and I wasn't in as much of a controlled environment as you. I don't think I caught on to that. But that reminds me of, you know, Shania for the Who's Bed Have Your boot, Boots Been Under Sequence in Vegas. Yeah. The the screens were so, like, super 8K OLED. You were like, where does the proscenium end and begin for going backstage into the wings? Yeah, I, I totally understand that. Uh, so let's get into a, a little bit here of the, I don't want to say the negative side, but let's, let's talk about uh, the pros and cons of each all right yeah classless act first of all i i have they are the underrated heroes of this show Mm -hmm. because as you experienced maybe 200 people at their seats generously by the time they take this the the stage yeah and they don't let that phase them at all so kudos 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 for having the hardest spot on the tour yeah, and Derek Day, man, I I saw him open for Ted Nugent uh, in seventeen, and I I don't remember a whole whole lot, but um, I'll tell you, last night man, he was all over that stage, so he definitely oh, yeah. did not let that phase him that there were only a uh, at most maybe a few hundred people, but you know they went on twenty five minutes after the gates open, which so, is very rare. It's very right, rare for right. a show, and I think that pissed some people off because. The gates opened only an hour before Joan, 
And I don't think that was fair to Joan. Now, I understand they have to set up the... See, this is from studying this... you got to understand, it's been our hobby, yours and mine, to kind of study this stadium tour all summer. Yeah. Because it's it's quite the feat of how they're able to pull it off. Well, we're, we're following so, it anyway as fans and journalists, you know. Right. And I'm pretty sure that a typical festival concert stage is contracted to be erected before production arrives at the venue. Because that's their ramp and those are their screens. So I'm pretty sure the framework is there and then starting at 2, 3 in the morning... They just, all their crew just get that stuff up within a matter of hours. And somewhere around 9, 10, they start sound checking and safety checking. And so I think the goal there, you can't knock it too much, even though it is unfair to Joan. I think the goal there with the door time is to give them as much time as possible uh, to to calibrate the venue and to calibrate the staging. Right. Well, I, I will say that they're in, they were in San Diego the next night after LA. So mm-hmm. there's gotta be something already set up there before yeah. they're, you know, the, the LA show's done. Cause there's no way they're able to get all that staging on, you know, taken apart, unloaded and loaded all up and all, all that stuff. Yeah. Maybe they up. have two sets. Maybe they have two sets of, see, I would love to interview a crew guy from the stadium tour once it's all over on, on this show. I would love to have a crew guy and say, how'd you guys pull it off? So maybe they do have two sets of of, of semis, one that goes to one gig and one that goes to another. Yeah. Because you can, you can hopscotch in that way. That, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, so it's very interesting how they pulled this off because when when you look some some of the back-to-back nights, you're thinking, how are they doing this? And, you know, the, the crew works a lot of hours, but... Obviously, yeah. they have to rest too. So you gotta, you, you gotta figure that they have so many people. And I think I read mm-hmm. somewhere, and I don't want to give numbers because I'm not sure. Either you told me or I read somewhere how many people were local and how many people were not on on a massive tour. So yep. it it there's a lot of people involved, and there's a lot of locals involved that people just don't think about. So you, you're thinking mm-hmm. they're using a lot of L.A. locals, you're using a lot of San Diego locos, and so forth, in order to, to pull all this off. And it, it was He said great. San Diego locos, which is true. Uh, <laughs> okay, look, it's been a long night. Went to bed <laughs> yeah, at no, 3 a.m. Yeah, we're recording this the next day. This is great. Went to but, bed at know, 3 a.m. Yeah, I almost couldn't sleep last night. I was so excited to to do this episode and yeah. to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, so let's continue on. Poison, I'll give you my gripe. with. Did you get Unskinny Bob? Of course. He cut that out for a long while when they had the diabetic situation. They probably cut their set a little short, but I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest. Well, tell me your negatives and I'll, I'll tell you mine because I well, love it's Poison. What we've been, it's what we've been talking about. Uh, it's what we've been talking about. And it's what our friend Eddie Trunk talks about on his show. Oh yeah, love it, Eddie. And that it, and that is that the show is only about fifteen to twenty minutes shorter than what they do in a he- in a headline show, two songs shorter. So, mm-hmm. and it's the same stuff over and over again. So I think fans of Poison were kind of the most disappointed by the lack of variety. But everybody loves Brett. I think a lot of people accepted they might miss Joan because of the parking situation, but needed to make sure they were there for Poison. And I saw that in Philly. And maybe, I don't know if you made this correlation, but like the popularity of the artist seemed to like 
correlate with how many people were in the seats. So classless act wasn't very full. Joan Jett, people started to pop in. It started to fill up a little bit. But by poison, oh yeah, it it was it was almost full, and then it got really jam packed when the the final three hours of of shows started. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I will say one thing: Poison does do they give their all and they extend yep. their songs. So a lot of their songs were not the studio versions that maybe you know Def Leppard you know mimicked you know so they had a lot of extension a lot of crowd interaction as well but when you factor in that there are 12 songs two of them are uh, solos one's you know CC's guitar solo one is Ricky's drum solo which I thought Ricky said initially he wasn't doing a drum solo so they could fit another song or two in but um, I guess they've kind of changed that maybe to give Brett a little break as, as sometimes he has to check his I heard, his blood yeah, sugar I, while he's on stage. Yep. so Which is um, just badass. I'm going to go backstage, make myself bleed, I'll be right back. <laughs> and then come back out and still kick ass. Um, so that that's respectable as, as well, too. But um, when I've seen Poison in the past, it, you know, yes, they've, they've added, um, you know, three or four songs. And obviously they're, they're in a 50 to 60 minute time window here, so they have to do what they have to do. And I, I again, I loved it. But um, when they do their headlining shows, though, and I and this is kind of something I, I heard Eddie say, it's not much longer, like you yeah. said. But it might be another song or two longer. When for a headliner, ninety minutes I think is is pretty good, and they could have added three or four to make up that ninety minutes as a headliner. For this, it's great, right. and for whatever reason, they've always opened with "Look What the Cat Dragged In." To my knowledge from Mm -hmm. from the start so mixing the setup a little bit more i think yes would have a little more variety but poison is always introduce the band from off stage um not to my knowledge either no when they're headliners not usually but um i will say at least not when i had seen them you know but it had been probably 15 years since last time i had seen them um i will say about poison though is they do not tour very often as right. a unit, it's usually Brett's solo shows, and according to Brett's most recent interview with Eddie, um, Poison's probably going to take the next few years off and come back at 2025. He said, and of course, this is all subject to change until things are, you know, finalized and confirmed. So it's I had to see them again this year because I'm like, when am mm-hmm. I going to see them again? Who knows? And they're all, you know, makes in their me, 60s. Makes me wonder who will uh, middle if this tour goes over to Europe and I have an idea, I think yeah. it could be Duran Duran. I was really impressed when I saw them a couple weeks I ago. I don't consider them like eighties. They're eighties pop though. rock. They're eighties pop rock. It, it's, it, it would work. Trust me. Well, and really I mean, work. Joan worked. So, I mean, sure, sure. Why not? Right. Um, but I mean, that, that was my kind of take on, um, on poison. And I loved how they kind of gathered on stage a little bit afterward too. Yeah, uh, you know, and of course they they touted the American flag. So, uh, and Brett does his touch guitar, touch my guitar, please. Yes, but. yes, he did do that. Um, I have video <laughs> of that. Um, I, I actually thought he was giving it away at first. Like, yeah, how does me a, too. How does a fan not grab that thing? <laughs> but he was holding yeah. on to it and like I think kind of motioning it. So that was that was cool. I've not seen him do that before. To my to well, my recollection. Well, speaking of of guitars, Leopard is putting up some guitars for auction that they've played on the stadium tour. I'm not quite sure of the full information where to go find that, 
but it's a charity auction. I think Uma from Phil or Viv is going up. Oh, I'm glad you said that because I missed that news and I'll have to look for it. You know, it's been in their vlogs. They've been talking about it ah. in the vlogs. So go ahead and look for it. But yeah, so let's get to the headliners and I'll give you the pros and cons that I've been reading, the general consensus. For Leopard, the pros are their tightness as a group and mm -hmm. Joe's vocals. Yeah. The con is they're very, very heavy on the new stuff for the time allotted to them in the stadium tour. For Motley, I'm going to attack both of them together here. For Motley, the pros are they're back together, they kick butt. The cons are what the hell is going on with that mix? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I... I can agree. Uh, to, to start with Def, I thought it was a little too new heavy um, mm -hmm. for um, Diamond Star Halos. But I'll tell you what, I I do like this guitar. I, I heard yeah. that song. I'm like, oh, now I may have to go get this album, which I was interested in anyway. But well, you know, that's a duet with Alison Krauss, right? Did you mention that? Um, they didn't mention that on stage. Um and there were no like special guests either, you know. L.A. being what it is, you you would think right. you know they might have a special guest or two, but no one did. Um, but um, ah, back up, you know who did have a special guest actually, and I forgot Ooh. to include this in the review. Classless Act brought DMC out. Wow, the rapper DMC. Yeah. So I just. You know, that, I thought that was really cool uh, for one song, and then I think they did one more and ended it. Um, anyway, so for for Def, yeah, so I I do like that song. Now it does make me want to go get their new album out, uh, the album that is out. There's a Target exclusive edition that I I'll probably yeah. pick up at some point. But um, I I I agree with what they were saying. I mean, Def Leppard had like some awesome vocals that you would think with the way music and technology have uh, combined lately that, you know, they might have some assistance with that, but I'm pretty sure from what I've heard and Eddie will is kind of where I heard it from says, no, they're hundred percent live. You know, they did a yeah. show at the whiskey that they did mention the whiskey ago, go on the sunset strip a couple months ago for Sirius XM uh, before the tour kicked off. I think it was a week or two before the tour. So they probably did that set. And uh, I heard it was 100% live. And I know Poison's live. And, you know, Motley's the other one that people are, eh, they, they, they've admitted to this and that. But I don't think they did last night. Well, Death has changed up their set a couple of times from the sh from the from what they started on mm -hmm. and have been playing with it but they've kept all the new stuff. Listen, this is my overall take on the stadium tour and and it's overall a good thing. First of all, the day was not even though the sun was really bearing down on us in Philly with an open stadium. And the thing about Citizens Bank Park, I will say was and I noticed this at uh Nationals Park for Lady Gaga is I don't think football, I don't think baseball stadiums, and that's where about 80% of these shows for the stadium tour were at. They were at, um, they were at baseball stadiums because let's be honest for just a second. Motley, this bill can pack a stadium, but they can't pack a 60, 70,000 seat football stadium. So they kept them at, I don't think they thought that that was smart having that extra 20 or 30,000 seats in there, which is like a whole, a size of a whole other arena and right. even more. So they kept most of them in most of the markets at baseball stadiums now in Charlotte and in some other places. And 
SoFi, I think, is a bigger stadium as well. They they did it in a bigger stadium. So they're doing these smaller stadiums. There's still huge venues, but, you know, we're talking, they are at a tour average of about 36,000 uh, tickets sold. Right. Uh, whereas um, Garth, since you invoked his name already, whereas Garth did an average of 96,000. 95. Per, 95,000 per uh, venue. So, smaller stadium, but the thing about baseball stadiums is there's netting that does not come down, does not come off, I should say. Uh, they had it rolled up as best they could at Citizens Bank Park, but where you would enter to get to the floor, the netting created a doorway. So not only do you get bottleneck, you think you have to, sh- you kind of have to shuffle people in single file as opposed to two to a step. Mm-hmm. So that was really challenging. So I don't think some of these venues that they chose are really smartly laid out for concerts. Uh, so that's one thing. But the day was not as arduous as I had expected it to be. The day was not as difficult. Right. It was not as annoying and tiring. Because I'm like, blah, 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 blah. so I don't know about you, but we got there at like little after 11, little after 11, 12. When we, we, ours, like yours, was in an entertainment complex, but we had a little bit more stuff, so we went over to a casino that was on the grounds, hung out there, gambled there for about an hour, ate lunch, then went over, got in line, got, had to find our tickets. We didn't get a map to the box office like you did, so (laughs) we actually wandered around trying to figure out where to pick up the tickets, and then I waited in line for the merch. It was a terrible line, but it was time to line up. And then the day started, and it was just so much fun. It went by like that. But yeah. my final thought is, is a fantastic bill. I'd love to see more super mega bills like this. From you know, I think it works best with 80s bands uh, that can boil it down to the hits that mean something to people. Uh, you know, it's not younger artists trying to really, ha- that don't have songs that haven't aged, right? Right. Uh, but the thing... The thing that I left, and I don't know if this has set in for you yet, but because this set in for me like, you know, a couple of weeks later, it was like, that was a, even though Def Leppard and Motley each did 90 minutes, I was left thinking like, hmm, that was a really good sampling of these people. This was a really good sample platter. Like, Hmm. I would go see Joan, you got to keep in mind, before she was doing this, she would play two and 3,000 seat theaters like the... The uh, the the uh, playhouse in Connecticut, a Danbury Playhouse in Connecticut yeah. was the last time I remember seeing her coming up around me years and years ago. So she was doing two and three thousand seat theaters before she was plucked for this stadium tour. Not that she was plucked from obscurity, not the best choice of words, but plucked from doing smaller venues. And all of a sudden, you know, thirty thousand people are coming in as you're playing. You know, and Poison doing the festival circuit, you know, five and 10,000 people. Yeah. Motley and Def Leppard doing arenas. So now I would want to go see each of these bands, ex- uh, except maybe Motley. I think I've had my fill of, of Vince's screeching. Sorry, guys, <laughs> and that bass. It's better screeching uh, unless, than what you give. Yeah, no, maybe maybe I would go if if I took proper ear protection. <laughs> but three of the four, I now want to see in their element. Because as you pointed out in your review, and we talked about privately, Leopard left out a song 
we wanted to hear, which was "Let's Get Rocked." Yeah, that's one of their That'd biggest been, hits. Been great to open with. They did it doing their two and a half hour Vegas residency, where they kind of hit everything. Right. So it, it's a good sampling, and I just wish Leopard would sort of know the crowd. Right. This is not the crowd for. As much as I love them, and I have become a big Leopard fan after seeing them, I'm a huge fan. But I just wish they would understand, okay, we're going to do these 36 dates. Maybe we take October off and in November and December hit arenas and focus heavier on for a Diamond Star Halos winter tour. Okay. Right. And, and do more of that material. You're there to showcase, and the other bands got this, mainly because I don't know if they have any new material out. Except, you know, Motley has the dirt, but that's one song. Joan does. She she played a new song. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't remember that. And then Motley, but, yeah, Motley has the dirt, which is from their soundtrack. Right. So the 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 audience is a nostalgia audience. They're there to see all these bands play the songs we love. The Leopard fans are going to go to the Leopard solo shows, but Leopard and Motley are in a unique position in that they're playing to each other's fans, and then there's. I saw this in Philly. There's a disproportionate amount of Poison fans. I mean, there are oh. people begging for Poison to be a headliner on yeah. this tour yeah. and to maybe swap spots with Leopard or something, you know. So so the audience was a little too jumbled, I think, to justify the Diamond Star Halos being as heavy as it was. That said, I would go see everybody in their element and I left thinking, well, that was great, but that really wasn't a full show from Joan or a full show from Brett and crew. It was not a full show from Leopard, and it was not a full show from Motley, even though it was the they had the they had the full stage at their disposal as the headliners. They had the full what we in the business call the full production available, meaning full use of the rig. So I left thinking, I want more of each. In their own environment. I don't know if you feel the same way, but that's my biggest takeaway is it made me want more. It made me want to go out and see what these bands have to offer by themselves. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, I've seen Poison countless times now, so I know what they can do. Um, the others I, I hadn't. Um, I would definitely see Motley again. Um, I'd probably see Def again, you know, probably mm -hmm. also depends on the openers and stuff. Um, I would like to hear them in a... I guess a smaller uh, yep. venue as well to to see if they can maybe hone in that that mix a little better, um, right? And then hey, maybe the mix sounded great to those that were actually sitting uh, higher up. I I don't know, right? But on the floor, it was a little uh, rough overall uh, to make out things. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think it was all great. Um, a couple things I know I wanted to address is I don't know what they can do about this but um there's been several especially stadium shows we've attended in the last uh, this year alone people are vaping although they're <laughs> non oh, yeah. vaping non-smoking facilities and um i don't know how these people are getting this shit through security but um it's just rude and obnoxious i mean if it's a non-smoking non-vaping facility be respectful. Oh, I ratted out because there was a guy. In I've front ratted of me. people too. I don't give a I shit. I ratted people. I was like, yeah, that's and it, it was dank and it was blowing right in my face. And yeah, I, he went over and said something, and then 
I think he put it away and got it out again, and I almost went and said something, but by the time I got back from getting food or whatever, he put it away. Oh, I know what I wanted to bring up. So, ladies and gentlemen, listeners, I'm talking to this guy on the other end of the phone here (laughs) yesterday, and I said, remember to take your bottles of water, because most venues now along with their stupid clear bag policies and the stupid pocketbook size policies, stupid, 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 they do something really smart. And that is they allowed you to bring in sealed bottles of water. And this dip says to me, buying food there is part of the experience. And I said to to him, I said, but Disneyland has unique food. You know, I'm in Houston starving from from waiting in line a little too early, getting in line a little too early, that I had to go and buy an $8 pretzel. Okay, I don't want to spend no money on no $8 pretzel. Well, What, does does SoFi have unique concoctions? I don't... Well, they they did, but now this... this... I can't imagine... You were the only person I've ever met excited about paying $8 for a bottle of water. Well, I didn't. I I didn't buy water. Um, (laughs) the, The thing is... How okay. did you not buy water all day? We what we the bought hell? we bought um, cups, we, we eight dollar cups that we got to bring home with us. See, see the difference there. Um, are they SoFi cups or are they Stadium Tour cups? SoFi's. I wish they were Stadium, but they they were SoFi's. But it was fine. Yeah. Um, the thing is, I did spend sixty dollars on food between the two of us, but I'll I'll get there with the fact that she wanted a, she wanted fries, but chicken. They, one place served. And what's cool about SoFi's are kind of like different sections ha- offer different types of yeah. food and stuff, different selections. Well, the one that offered chicken only offered tater tots, no fries. And she didn't want, well, neat tots for some reason. So she's like, well, I'll do a burger and fries. Well, burger had toppings on it, and the guy, for whatever reason, could not hold anything. She said, that's fine. 16 damn dollar burger. Okay, we're sitting and fries were separate, by the way, we're sitting eating at our seats and um, I look over. She's eating the patty plain with ketchup. I go, I just paid sixteen dollars for this. Well, I don't like the sauce. I'm like, well, stop being so picky. Um, So that that was a little irritating. Besides the fact I I wanted to try something different. So I I tried um, their chili dog. Well. Thankfully, they offered a bag for, for everything, and we were able to walk down our six flights to get to our seats. Well, I get down there, the chili's already going through the packaging. Yeah. Not, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't know about this, because they didn't have seating up, up anywhere. Like, they didn't have a concourse area seating area. It was just a concourse right. area, but no seating. And I kind of get that, but at the same time, if you're offering this kind of food... You, you should have a place that people can sit and eat. And we didn't grab napkins, so I'm like, oh, this is a mess. But, um, you know, that it, it was fun overall, you know. And uh, yeah. we, we had kind of a, a hiccup earlier in the week because we really were told, we, you know, L.A. was full of press. They, they were tapped out. I'm sitting there looking at my phone, and I'm like, and you buy your ticket. Literally 24 hours later, I get an email. And I freeze. I'm like, no freaking way. And I call you and I go, what are you doing? You go, I'm driving. I go, you need to pull over. 
I'm not pulling over. What is it? No, you're going to be mad. Pull over. <laughs> I'm not pulling over. Wait, wait, wait. I'm, I'm not pulling over. What is it? Hi. You were approved for two tickets to the stadium tour in Inglewood, California at SoFi Stadium. And ladies and gentlemen, when Buddy laughs or gets very stressed, his voice gets very high. So, so the next thing I hear is, Motherfucker! <laughs> well, to be fair, to be fair, we were already told not... Very likely, Inglewood would be an option to get us in, which was understandable. Given that that is one of those major markets with probably hundreds of outlets requesting. But we we were told pretty much early on we're not going to be able to accommodate. So that's why I got the tickets. And I almost waited till day of. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, no, I'm just going to do it because I was already looking at this certain section. And I'm like, they're going to be gone. I've got to get them if we're going. Um, and so I did, thankfully I was able to resell them. So I listed them, right. I, I was able to resell them. I got, you know, I, I got most of my money back on that, but, um, you know, the, the bullshit part about that is Ticketmaster triple dips on their, uh, fees yeah. because, you know, they obviously got the fee from the original sale. Then they got the fee from the, uh, the resale plus my fee that I had to pay. And actually they probably dipped more than three times um because then when i turned around and sold them i had to sell them for what i wanted to get out of them above that so Ticketmaster took their fees from me and from the new buyer so there's a lot of uh a lot of stuff that's wrong with that and we've yeah. discussed before but uh hopefully that'll get taken care of through some type of federal law because it i, I know um I know New York's passed it where they have to reveal the the price with the fees. And there's an option that you can select to do that, but it's not a default option. And, um, you know, but but to take fees from every sale is kind of ridiculous because now they're also, you know, because I sold them for over $600, they're sending that information to the IRS. So for, you know, for something I sold... you profit minus the... But you profit... Minus the IRS threshold, but I didn't. So profit. yeah, and I didn't profit. Well, really. I'm sorry. I mean the the you don't profit the your your revenue your your income from that is is minus the IRS threshold. But because you technically made your money back, and then Ticketmaster took their fees, it meet that threshold. But you don't you cash out below it. Right. It's really it's really ridiculous. Yeah. So that's but that's a topic for another day. You said you had. So I know I got us on a tangent. You said you had more thoughts about the stadium tour before we wrap up, or did we hit everything? Uh, no, I mean, we, we pretty much hit everything. I, I thought it was yeah. fantastic. Uh, it the was pace awesome. was kept at a really great pace. I mean, to, to say the same word twice in the same sentence, but, um, you know, no one was bored. I mean, it, it kept yeah. fans, rock fans from all ages. You know, <laughs> I, I, there might have been kids younger than Jesse. Um, I, I, one thing I did want to say was there, there was... Um, inadvertently a titty cam because, uh, of course, since Tommy, you know, had his little new <laughs> binging social media post, um, he he's trying to encourage guys to, to show their stuff instead. And there there were a few few titties on the cam, but uh, no no man stepped up to the plate. But that's all in the review. That's that's a you know a little joke on social media I mentioned about 
what I posted, what Tommy said. So there's a little clip there too. So yeah, check us out. But man, this has been about an hour talking about the stadium tour. I didn't think we'd go this long, but the stadium tour, we've been following it all summer. It really defined summer of 2022 was the marking point that concerts are back in full swing. And I want to have a crew guy on here and talk about how they did that, you know, sometime after they get their reprieve. So maybe October, November, we'll start digging around to try to find a crew guy and talk to him about how they pulled all this off with such precision. Because I know I know the artists don't know, right? They come in, they just do their show, and, and that's right. that. They so and and yes, they respect the crew guys and they know they couldn't do the show without them. But you know, if they had to spend all their time thinking about the logistics of how the show's going to get pulled off, they wouldn't be able to do the show. So we we want to. I want to talk. I don't know about you, buddy, but I want to talk to a crew guy, tour manager, even yeah, somebody tour manager, somebody that can speak about it. We we don't know if they're you know right sworn to secrecy, right? NDAs. So and like I said, that just proves that touring is back in full swing. I know that you've posted at least one article on the site that one band actually, I think it was Striper, uh, had to postpone their tour yeah. because they can't get the buses and they can't get the the assets they need because everybody wants to make up for lost time the last two years. So it's so good to see that we're back, that these musicians have not skipped a beat and we're back in full swing. Yeah, it's it's great. It's great. Uh, you know, the the tour wraps the North American run on the 9th and uh, there's rumors uh, from the bands themselves. So it's not just a rumor out of out of nowhere. From Joe Elliott running his mouth. Continue. And well, I, I believe uh, Phil Collin and Nikki Six have said it, too. They're they're planning a 2023 European run of some aspect. Um, we don't know who all will be involved in that. But once those details are confirmed and out there you can be sure they'll be on our website. Well, for the Music Universe podcast, I'm Matt. And I'm Buddy. Thanks for listening. Be sure to hit that like, subscribe, and share button. And check us out at The Music Uni on socials and uh, themusicuniverse.com for the latest news and concert reviews. Take care. (laughs) 